that girl's been training with them since she was like, I, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, yeah. something like that. And Which was the last time you would have had a chance to beat her in a match when she was okay. 10. Well, okay. See, now he's not red from sunburn. He's red from anger. <laughs> That's not true. This is Justin Lesko, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. And I'm Mike Callahan, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and a law enforcement officer. Welcome to That Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. So we're recording this episode on Thursday, which is a little bit later in the week than I typically care to record, but somebody had to go on a luxurious vacation all week and was not available. Yeah, and by luxurious vacation, you mean one night at the Jersey Shore. Lifestyles are the rich and famous over here. Like just because you're jet-setting all over the place and don't yeah, want to talk jet-setting. jiu-jitsu with your buddy. And by jet-setting, you mean sitting in three hours worth of traffic to get down to the beach yesterday at 2 o'clock and leave this morning at... 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's what happened. Well, if you're Very only listening active. to the audio and you're not watching the video, you do look a little tan and you got the scruff. Like you, you, you got a little thing going. The scruff is just a result of not having to be in work for the past two weeks. Okay. I don't think it, the tan is a, is a lighting issue. And, oh, and, maybe okay. the, and maybe the bronzer that I put on prior to this, this show. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to you about last weekend there was the overtime shootout on Fight Pass. And yeah. we don't have to break down the matches necessarily but do you like that kind of not a standard jujitsu show where if you didn't watch the show it wasn't just straight matches there was a few special straight matches but it was the eddie bravo invitational overtime rules guys starting on the back and the winner was determined on escape time if there was no submissions and it wasn't a standard show do you like that do you think that's good for jujitsu i mean Pros and cons, if you're looking at it, it's like a specific rule set. I don't think it's indicative of uh, somebody's jiu-jitsu skills, overall skill set. Uh, it's more exciting. It gives you know the people watching a, a d- definitive outcome. If you don't get the sub, they end up going you know, for what fastest escape time? Yeah, fastest escape time. Um, See, I I liked it in the sense of like I wouldn't want every tournament to be that way, but it was a fun change of pace. Yeah, it changes it up. It's like you know, add some flavor to it. I I agree. Um, again, I don't think it's indicative of you can train for that particular rule set, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're the you know best grappler in the world. You're just very good in that rule set. Yeah, I mean, um, it's 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 one part of a jiu-jitsu match. So for me, it's almost like I would like to watch a judo tournament because that one part of a jiu-jitsu match is still fun to watch, but I'd prefer to watch a full match with all of the elements combined. But I thought it was a cool idea that they put on. I'm, I'm sure they'll do more of them. Yeah, and this is, again, it's, it's, it's more entertaining. Um, I've always been a fan of the EBIs. Um, I like the even the submission underground. Although I don't really like that the submission underground is only five minutes. But yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. I like these overtime rules. I there, during um, a couple of the in-house tournaments at Revolution, they would they kind of went this route. I remember Brian White kind of overseeing that and putting in the EBI overtime rules. We haven't mentioned was, Brian White in a few episodes, so should yeah. we make fun of him for a few minutes before we move on? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Fucking nerd. All right, so we talked about what, you know, how it's part of a good tournament. If you were building a tournament yourself, 
what's the rule set you go with and how do you make the ideal Mike Callahan tournament? I, uh, I'm a jujitsu fan. So I, I like the like standard jujitsu, you know, IBJJF competitions. Like I, I enjoy watching those with that being said, I understand that there's a lot of discretion involved in those tournaments when it comes to the referee. I think that by adding some type of stipulation like an EBI overtime, um, it kind of takes the discretion out of the referee's hands. So maybe like a hybrid between that where there are points and then if the, you know, if there's, uh, I think the advantages are a little, that's where the discretion comes in, right? Yeah, I don't like advantages. I don't, right? I don't care so, for it. You know, maybe just a points-based system without advantages. And, you know, in the event of a tie, there is some type of, you know, overtime stipulation. I like, to- I like the EBI overtime rules because even if there's no submission in the overtime, there's going to be a winner based on the escape time. Yep. And like you said, it does give closure to the match. And it's not closure based on, you know, three people picked one person to win right. and it's there's no opinion. No matter what the rule set is, people are going to find a way to game the rules. If you are good at the EBI overtime, you could stall the whole match until you get to the EBI overtime. If you're a good wrestler in a jiu-jitsu tournament, you can hit a quick double leg, get a takedown, ride your two points out, and win on point. Like There's always going to be a way to game the system. There's no perfect way to do a tournament. And like Mason kind of touched on it on our last episode where you know, there's guys, if you do, people who say like, oh, we'll do sub only, no time limit. That's the most pure form. Well, I mean, I have really good cardio. I could just ride you out for 30 minutes until you're tired. That doesn't mean I'm better at jujitsu than you, even though that, that I, was I am. Just, okay, well, let's just stipulate to everybody who's listening or watching that, that he wasn't speaking directly to me there. He was just throwing that out there hypothetically. Yeah, I mean. Because he's, he's not riding shit for 30 minutes. Let's just. I was going to say something that I would have to edit out, so we'll just move on from it. But you know what I mean? Like, there's... Yeah. You can game every rule. Do you remember a couple... But, like, that's that's what's impressive about these guys who can win ADCC and then also win, like, IBJJF tournaments. Like, I know Gordon Ryan's the most recent example. He won double gold in uh, Nogi uh, Worlds a couple years ago, and he's he's won ADCC twice in his weight class and once in the open class, like that's really impressive when guys are kind of able to transcend their talent transcends all rule sets. Um, yeah. I, th- I don't think if you look at someone who has just won IBJJF worlds, that they're the best in the world. And if someone has just won ADCC, that they're the best in the world. I think the ability to win in multiple rule sets across multiple platforms, yeah. that's, that's, that's a different level than, being perfect at one rule set and one scoring system, you need to be able yeah. to do everything. I 100% agree. They actually had a few full EBI matches on the card. And one of them was Danielle Kelly and Grace Gundrum. Did you see that? Yeah, I watched that. That was a very, very good match. And Grace Gundrum got her black belt from Eddie Bravo after the match, which was pretty cool. She's incredible. So she trains at um, 10th Planet Bethlehem, and I've, I've trained up there a couple times. Those guys, they've had that school, I think, since they were, they were purple belts. Uh, but they're, they're the real fucking deal. And that girl's been training with them since she was like, I, I don't know, 
10, 11, 12, yeah. something like that. And Which was the last time you would have had a chance to beat her in a match when she okay. was 10. Well, okay. See, now he's not red from sunburn. He's red from anger. <laughs> That's not true. Um, she's incredible. She's incredible. And Danielle Kelly, she's a world champ. She's, she's incredible, too. That was a great match yeah. all the way around. When they first announced that match, that was sort of like more of a news story than the actual overtime shootout they were doing was because it was these two girls who are at the top of the game right now. And the match, the match was very exciting. I know Danielle Kelly was posting on social media and stuff that she wasn't happy with the match. And right. spoiler alert, if you're going to go back and rewatch it, Grace Gundrum did beat her, but I thought it was a good match. I thought it was exciting. Yeah. I, um, so a couple things. I think it got attention because Grace hadn't competed in a while. She would. I think one of the last times she competed, Eddie Bravo put together a team for uh, Quintet. Quintet, yeah. And she was like sixteen or seven, but she was yeah. out there competing with these grown women. Like Liz Carmouche was on the team, yeah. and um, I forget who else who they competed against, but she was holding her own. Uh, again, she's incredible, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I actually I, posted uh, the other day on our Patreon, there was one section of that match where there was so much happening where Grace was attacking a heel hook with like a right. weird modified grip, and Danielle was defending, and it was a lot of back and forth, so if you want to see like a technique breakdown of that, you can go on our Patreon, and everyone I think at the Purple Belt tier and above gets that as part of the, the Patreon package, but it was a great match, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was a great match, and like here's here's another thing too. I, I I probably should have said this when we were talking about rule sets and whatnot. The one downfall or an argument that can be made against the uh, EBI rule set is that you could be dominating a match the entire time, and then you can lose in overtime. Yeah. Um, through like fastest escape or quickest submission, or by just getting us up, or by getting us up. Um, with that being said, I think that if you were judging the the regulation time during that match before the overtime period i thought grace was winning that so yeah um you know I, I was yeah, happy. I, that yeah. hypothetical of you could be losing the match but win the overtime i don't think that's what happened here i don't no. think that's not what you're saying happened here either that, yeah, i think no. grace was winning that match i think if those i think those two will compete again against each other because i don't think either of them is going anywhere so I'll be excited the next time they announce that that match is going to happen again. Yeah, but I mean, it's you would just have to think based on her age and how rapidly she's improving that Grace is just going to continue to get better and better and better to yeah. the point where it's, you know, the gap is going to widen between her and, and the rest of the women yeah, between, in this world. Between her and everybody, yeah. Well, the one of the benefits to recording a little bit later in the week was yesterday there was some breaking news that they're doing another one of those Who's Number One events on Flow Grappling. Yeah. And it's July 31st, and we'll talk about each of these three matches, but it's Gary Tonin versus Dante Leon, Craig Jones versus Hulk Barbosa, Gordon Ryan versus Ronaldo Jr., and that's three matches on one night of studs, so... First of all, we can look first at, I think the main event is the Gordon Ryan match. Ronaldo Jr., he's won, he won Worlds in Gi and No Gi in 2019 as a brown belt. Brown so this belt. is sort of his like black belt. Yeah, he just, got his, he just yeah. got his black belt. He's been talking shit to Gordon Ryan for, for months. And actual shit, not just someone who commented on Gordon's Instagram post and Gordon got yeah. mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, he's been talking shit for months. Um, Gordon's offered to pay him like, 
$10,000 on top of whatever he's getting for this if he subs him. And Tom DeBlass, I think, offered to pay him $15,000 if he subs Gordon. Um, I think he could him. do it. I don't think he's oh, going to, but he stop. could. He oh, could. He could. Stop. There's a difference between he could and he will. He there, could. He. How about he may? In the And using that term as loosely as possible. I, I My yeah. official prediction would be that Gordon Ryan is going to win. But... He could. I think he could. Put that I mean, on the are you saying that in the sense that anybody could beat anybody on any given day? Because no, you can't beat Gordon Ryan, but I can't beat Gordon Ryan. But I think I think you and I versus Gordon Ryan, I think seven out of ten times we win. Two on one. Yeah, no, at the same time. I, I try to steal your punchline there. I think I think six six or seven times out of ten, you and I versus Gordon Ryan, I think we win. At the at the same time. Okay, that might be generous to us, but we can figure it out. Gordon Ryan, get at us. If Ronaldo gets scared, the two of us will. Yeah, we'll split. I'll split that money with with you if the twenty five k between uh, Gordon and Tom. They, they have yeah. to pay us out too, right? We'll be like the hyenas from the Lion King. <laughs> I don't think it worked out too good for them in the end, though. In not in the end, but it'll like right in the middle. Right in the middle, yeah. yeah. The other match: Craig Jones versus Hulk Barbosa. Yeah, Maybe that's Craig's first match since the verbal tap incident that we talked about with Mason in the last episode. Um, you know, he's going to be hungry after that whole debacle to come out and put on a good show. And it's Craig Jones. He's always fucking Craig Jones. So Barbosa, I don't think, gets all the credit that he deserves. Yeah. Well, I think that it's going to be. I think the whole match is going to be Hulk's going to be trying to pass smash pass through Craig. And Craig's going to be looking to counter that smash passing with getting underneath and setting up the leg entanglements. I I think it's going to be just a question of who can implement the game better. You know, Craig, when, when people smash pass on Craig, Craig's very good at getting underneath and creating space to attack the legs. It's just going to be who gets the job done fastest, I think. It'll be a judge's decision. I don't think... Uh, Hulk's going to submit him, and I don't think Craig, like Gordon Ryan didn't submit him, you know. And it's not yeah. an EBI in an EBI format, maybe, but I don't think I don't I think it's going to be a decision. We also have the world's most exciting grappler, Gary Tonin, is now back competing again, and it's Gary Tonin versus Dante Leon, and this is a rematch from the last ADCC in the bronze medal match, and Gary won that. Yeah. So, um, and Dante Leon is a is a he's a stud he won uh nogi worlds as a black belt um if you ever look at his instagram page he's like he's strong as a fucking bull man the he's lifting weights he's squatting like 500 pounds in some yeah. of these states like it's crazy yeah. um they were they had a great match uh at at abu dhabi that bracket was stacked yeah that was a pretty deep bracket but dante is a stud he's a he's a he's somehow um he's affiliated with um that daisy fresh crew too and they're just they just keep winning they keep keep winning all these matches yeah they're they're animals yeah they are um uh i actually watched something on them the other day about like a training session train and he even said he's like we train like this is the world championships every night he's like if you want to work on technique don't come to one of these classes like yeah. our gym's open all day you can come in here and drain and train and drill technique all day long but when these classes come around he's like it's we're training for 
we're training a hundred percent. Like we are going full well, speed. So. That's how it's got to be. You know, there is a clear division between people who are training as a hobby and people who are training for fun and just trying to get better. And the people who yeah. are trying to win as many professional matches as possible, like there is a division. You can't train the same. That, that just doesn't work. That's why I've always been an advocate of um, like comp team training. Yeah. Right. Because, because of the, the different goals and everything, if you got a guy who's in there just, you know, he's not doing, if he's trying to get into shape, he's not necessarily doing, you know, for these guys, what, they need and they're going a hundred miles per hour and it might not be what he needs, but like, these are things that, yeah. I mean, you know. it's, there's something to be said for you show up to train for a, a big match, a super fight, a competition, and you're only rolling against guys who have the same, the same goals in that training session. Because if you yeah. roll against someone when you're preparing for a super fight and they're just preparing for Thursday night to roll, yeah, they're not going to come at you with the same level of in- level of intensity, and you can work on your stuff, but it, you're not going to get the same rounds if you're not training against people who have the same goals on that same night. Right, I agree. On Saturday, we have the UFC fights, and fights that I've been waiting for for a long time is Darren Till versus Robert Whitaker. Right, and it's another case of when we talked about the Max versus Volkanovski fight, where I really like both guys. Like I. I want Darren Till to win because I think he's been more active. And you know me, if you listen to this show, I like the guys who are more active and sort of on their way up. I really, really like Robert Whitaker. I think he was a good champion. I, I just, I'm pulling for Till, but you can't go wrong with either guy winning. This is Whitaker's first fight, right? Yeah, he, well, he lost to Adesanya, Adesanya. Back, in, yeah, back in October, which feels like he ju- they just fought, but it was all the way back in October of 2019. So this is his first fight since then. He... He's been fighting like once a year. He fought Romero in 2017, he fought Romero in 2018, and then he fought Adesanya in 2019. So Whoever wins this fight, I can see facing the winner of Adesanya and, and Paul Acosta. Yeah. That's going to be a good fight, and we'll we'll talk about more as that fight gets closer. I think Adesanya wins that fight, but that opinion might change when we get close to our preview episode for those fights. But I agree. I think that this is clearly a winner-gets-next-shot fight. They're not fucking around with Darren Till either. Like, this is like, you know, he hasn't had any... He, he started with Gastelum, and now it's Robert Whitaker, and if he wins this, I, I think that they're going to push him into another... Yeah title shot well i remember when they first announced the gastelum fight that i think we were both kind of like this is not a good fight for darren till 185 and then he put on a great performance against gastelum gastelum was the victim of one of two leg lock submissions in a ufc fight night last saturday just know how to defend your legs folks i'm just telling you like that was that was just bad defense he had no idea what to do and you should if you're fighting the ufc and yeah till till had a great fight against gastelum if he beats Whitaker, I think you're right. I think it's clearly, okay, you, you got Adesanya or Paul Acosta. Um, we also have a couple fights on this card that I would consider like, quote-unquote, Bellator fights, and the one would be Shogun versus Lil Nog. And it's basically right. just a like, hey, we got these two guys from back in the day who neither is going to be a champion, and they both have not really had success recently, but 
we all know their names from back in the pride days so we'll have them fight and yeah i I, like little nog has to be like 42 43 years old yeah he's Um, not a young fella shogun's probably like 38 uh it's depressing because i remember when shogun won the the Grand Prix. Yeah. When he was like 23 years old and yeah. pride. Yeah. Uh, but Little Nog has already come out and said that this is the last fight he's going to retire, which he yeah, should. Which, and, which I thought he was retired for like two years. So did now. I. I didn't know he was yeah. fighting anymore. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's just a, it's a circus fight. I know I don't like use the word circus fight because it's kind of like demeaning to both guys. And I know I already said this is like a Bellator whatever yeah, fight but they're, but they're just they're getting the most out of their names like everybody benefits in a sense maybe except for i think maybe except for the fans the ufc gets some play off of their names and these guys get to make some scratch yeah you know? make some money before you ride off into the sunset where we already thought you had ridden off to the sunset one more payday yeah good for you guys i think shogun wins that's my official prediction yeah i believe shogun wins too official prediction we didn't do official predictions with gastelum and Whitaker. Oh, my official prediction is Till. Oh, I'm sorry, not Gaslam and Whitaker. Till and Whitaker. I knew what you I'm meant. Still, I'm still on beach time. Yeah. Are you jet-lagged from your travel? Is that yeah, what's Yeah, jet-lagged. You mean that my back hurts from being crammed in a car for, <laughs> for a total of six hours over the past two days. Um, official prediction for Till versus Whitaker is ugh. Darren Till. I'll say Till. I think, yeah. Okay. It, it was a tough decision. I was on the fence. And I, I'm in the same boat with you as I like both of these guys. I, I don't really like to see either one of them lose, but um, I just think yeah. that, you know, Till is, he's been a little bit more active. Um, I think he's got the best shot to be a champion again out of the, not again, to be a champion out of the two of these guys. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and your official prediction for Shogun versus Lil Nog is? Shogun. Okay, so we're two for two on the same here. Let's two see if we get two, yeah. we got a few, we got a few more fights to have an argument. The another fight that has actual more relevance and implication is the Carla Esparza versus Marina Rodriguez fight. Yeah, Esparza's got three straight wins, and I know. So a fun thing about Carla Esparza is one of the first fights that my wife watched, and it was when uh, JJ beat her for the title. Yeah, and I remember. Well, maybe it wasn't one of her first fights. It was early no, on. Was, it was early on when we were dating. and That was, okay, well, that was her first defense. Like, she beat. Yeah. Um, didn't it she was, beat Rose in the finals? Yeah, like on the show, the Ultimate on Fighter. On the show to win the yeah. title. Yeah. It's, it's, to this day, it's the only time we've been watching fights, and Amanda has said to me, I can't watch this. I have to turn this off, because JJ just butchered her face yeah, br- she was she brutalized she, she was so i always think of amanda jean when i think about carla esparza because amanda watches all the fights now with me and it's the only time she's ever been like we got to turn this off um, she took she took some time off after that but I, I honestly thought after she fought jj that that was like a career killing yeah you're fight. done like that was that was peak jj that was peak jj yeah and um, she, she brutalized her and then Marina Rodriguez, she has two draws on her record, but she's 12-0-2. Like, she's yeah. a good young fighter. And Carla Esparza coming off three wins. Like, I don't think this is – this is not like the Till versus Whitaker fight where the winner gets the next shot. This is, I think, the winner gets the next next shot. 
the winner of this fight gets put in the position till and Whitaker are in. So if they win this fight, they win one more, they'll get a title shot. Yeah, I mean, I think Rose is next in line. Oh. Yeah, but it's, this is a fight that has big implications. And yeah. It's, it's, two, yeah. it's two fighters who are streaking, so let's see who continues the streak and who takes a, who takes a little bit of a setback. But we also have uh, another... So we're sort of alternating between like really good important fights and not-so-important fights. The Verdum versus Gustafsson fight. Well, I don't think... like I think that this is... This could be a big thing in the sense of it's Gustafson's first fight at heavyweight. So like that may, that's this all it is. is. Like, that's right. all it is. And it's, this it's, is an experiment and let's see how it goes. Like cuz yeah. he is so fucking big that this maybe being up there and being as big as he is maybe yeah. this is a, a good move for him. It's but, a it, it is. It's a good move for him especially he's got back-to-back losses. He's fighting for Doom who also has back-to-back losses. Move up to heavyweight. Let's see how he is at heavyweight. That's I. I think that's all this fight is. It's a will heavyweight work out for Gustafson? Yeah, and this is let's put him in there with a no name who's been around the game long enough, and yeah. you know we'll see. I don't know. Like I don't. I think Gustafson holds the edge in the striking. I. I think that obviously if this hits the ground, that yeah, it's for doom all day. But yeah, do you think it hits the ground? I don't know. We didn't do predictions. We're bad at giving our predictions. We didn't give our predictions for the Esparza Rodriguez fight. My prediction is Rodriguez. Um, I yeah, I think Rodriguez is going to win. We 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 eventually have to disagree on one of these fights. I know. Well, right now I'm going to go against the grain. I think and pick Verdum to win this fight. I think Gustafson's going to win. However, I want to put I want to put my prediction out there with this little caveat being if the fight hits the ground. I don't think that Gustafson's going to have an answer for Verdum. I don't um, think I don't think when you go to the bookie, you can say, "Hey, I want to lay my money on Gustafson so long as the fight doesn't hit the ground." Well, I don't think there's any caveats allowed. Maybe not the bookie, but maybe the sports book because bookies are illegal, ladies and gentlemen. Well, yeah. you got to use FanDuel. All right, you can't call up FanDuel, the president of FanDuel. That, you don't know how many fucking prop bets you can do on FanDuel. There's a there's a lot of. All right, FanDuel. if you can. If someone's listening and can find a prop bet on FanDuel that lets you no, bet I'm, whether or I'm not. I'm joking. But I think, so here's the deal. If it goes to the ground, Verdun's going to win. But Jones and Cormier both had difficulty um, yeah. getting Gustafson to the ground. And, you know, they are both much better wrestlers than Verdun is. They're not, neither one of them are nearly as good on the ground as Verdun is, but they are much better wrestlers than Verdun is. And they had difficulty taking Alexander Gustafson down. So Gustafson even took Jones down at one point. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's do this because we weren't really good about listing our predictions as we were talking about the actual fights. I'm just going to run down my predictions as I'm looking at them. Okay. So I'm going to, my predictions are Darren Till, Shogun, Verdum, Rodriguez. And I am Darren Till, Shogun, Gustafson, and Rodriguez. Okay. Nice and clear. That way everyone can follow along at home and yeah. make sure when you place your bets, you tag us and show us your bet slip so we can take some of the credit and some of the winnings. Not with a bookie, with, you know, with a legal sports book, though. Easy, officer. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't promote illegal gambling on this show. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. 
Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at that underscore jujitsu underscore podcast. And don't forget, you can watch the video version of any of our episodes on YouTube. You just have to go on YouTube and search that jujitsu podcast. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at M underscore Callahan 106. You can follow me directly at Justin Lesko. And I mentioned it earlier, I just put up a new technique breakdown on our Patreon. There's a lot of bonus content there that you don't get just by subscribing to this feed. So check it out at patreon.com slash that jujitsu podcast. And if you sign up to follow us on Patreon right now, we're sending out free t-shirts to anyone who signs up. So give it a look. Say thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you guys.